Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Damn these Biloxi blues. It happens every night Every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine Hamp not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budgets live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful middle Tennessee. Hope all you low lifers are doing well out there. This is the podcast for Monday, June the 6th, 2022. First June, June cast, first one, and uh, I'd like to welcome all of you back. I'd also like to let you know that the LBL hats, I got some back in, I'll be getting those posted up, a lot of y'all been messaging me about that, just wanted to open with that, because, you know, as people point out in the comments, I like self-promotion sometimes, you know, it, it is low budget, but it but it ain't, it ain't free to do all this madness, <laughs> <laughs> now, I appreciate the support from all of y'all, and it's really awesome to get pictures of people holding fish, wearing an LBL hat out there on the water. So I'm going to get uh, get those back up on the uh, the the Shopify website and get get y'all a link. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Hopefully this week, man. I've just been 
I don't know. I feel like everything's a whirlwind. I talk about that on here all the time, and I feel like it becomes cliche where I'm like, it's been a crazy week. It's been this. It's been that. The man, I have been going and going and going and going and going and going for the for really all, all this year, really just 90 miles an hour everywhere. But uh, grateful for everything I get to do. But, man, I am uh, – I don't know. I don't know uh, which ends up some days. But I will get those up on there and then try to get them shipped to you as quick as possible. Thank you all. Uh, little late today with all the running around. That being said, today's podcast, y'all aren't hearing it in the morning like you normally do. I'm recording this on Monday morning, June the 6th, because uh, crazy weekend. I've been traveling, traveled all week last week, had the Alabama Bass Trail. 100 down there on Neely Henry with the L-O-B himself. I need an L-O-B button on here. I don't have one. An L-O-B himself. Trey Swindle, and we end up sneaking us a top 10 down there on the Coosa River. Ended up in night place, won us a little folding money, and uh, solidified ourselves in the old Angler of the Year race going into the last one of those against that group of hammers. So I think we're 16 points back, but uh, like 6th or 7th in the AOI, coming to the home pond on Pickwick for the last one. A lot of really, really great Pickwick fishermen in it. But I like that time of year, and we'll you know we'll see where it shakes out. Hopefully, we can get down there, and, and uh, it's mid November, so we got a while. But hopefully, we can we can figure something out, man. It would be really cool. It's an honor just to mix it up with that group of guys. The ABT 100s I've talked about on here before. Really cool trail. Twenty five thousand dollars first place. First of all, on a Saturday, very cool. Kay Donaldson and crew, the ABT, they run an incredible trail. They got live coverage provided by Anglers Channel. Chris Brown and the crew out there just, I mean, it, it, it's impressive, man. It's impressive. You roll up, it has the, I've fished a lot of, I've been fortunate to fish a lot of big events, be around a lot of big events. It has a big event feel. Even the regular, the ABT, the 250 boat trail she does, they have that feel. They also have stone cold fish catchers. It, it's crazy the level of competition. I think it's one of the toughest trails in the country, and I think many of you would agree with that but these abt 100s last year was the first year it's a mix of because pros aren't allowed in the alabama bass trail if you make a living fishing or if you fish a certain number of big tournaments big entry fee events you cannot compete on the alabama bass trail with these you can but you can't have like you know it can't be gerald swindle and brandon polinick in a boat together but you can have one pro so scott canterbury uh Wes Logan, G, freaking Justin Atkins, Justin Hamner, Greg Vincent, there, Clint Davis. There's a lot of elite guys that jump in these things mixed in with these just guys I've fished against my whole whole fishing career around Alabama. They're just, they're just stupid good. Like, it makes no sense. So, Trey and I decided to get in this year, and we had a, had a good one. Barely missed a check down at Jordan, and then we were able to finish night there at Neely Henry. Freaking fun, man. It, it. I said it after the last one. I just got on here and, and kind of gloated about that. That team tournament format is the core of our sport. It's how everybody starts. And it is just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun practicing with your buddy. It's fun being able to lean on each other in the tournament. You know, hey, man, I missed that one. I lost that one. Fire back in there and try to catch it. Or... You know, hey, dude, 
I'm sucking today. I hope you can pull us out of this. Or, you know, just kind of coaching each other up. And Trey and I had that day. I mean, the video hopefully turns out okay. I'm going to try to get it edited and put up on the channel. But um, I filmed the whole thing all day long. And, man, I, I hope that you can see a lot of our misses and things. But we we had a plan going in, and it just went to hell in a handbasket <laughs> within the first 10 minutes. It, it was missed fish, lost fish, and we knew, for us anyways, what we had been doing shallow, we had a very small window of opportunity, and man, it, it was over quick, and we were able to catch two keepers, but we lost some really nice fish, missed some fish, you know, throwing a swim jig and a frog and a buzzbait shallow, we, we could see the fish, you know, it's, it's you can see the, the side of the fish as they roll, or they you set the hook and barely roll one over, uh, I smacked one off the side of the boat trying to boat flip. Just stupid stuff right out of the jump that morning. And and mentally, you know, it takes its toll on you because you know it's hard. You know these guys are going to catch them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get a drink. I was yelling at Tennessee baseball last night, so I'm, I'm hoarse. Uh, go Vols, by the way. Go Vols. But it does, it gets to you and – when your game plan, when like your C or D plan becomes your A plan early in the day, that's always a weird one, right? But you got to mentally figure it out. And he and I, we, we took tail at like nine, decided to scrap what we were doing and go to an offshore deal that he and I had practiced on Friday. We had like three bites doing it. And on our, and it's 20 miles down the lake from where we were at, we take off. His freaking motor goes into guardian mode. Sirens going off. It's like 9.30 in the morning when this happens, I guess. And I'm like, well, you know, this was fun. <laughs> and I'm Debbie Downer. like I, And he is too. We're, we're going off the, the cliff, you know, as far as it's like, well, all right. Uh, and his his uh, mom and, and stepdad were staying at a campground on the wall. I was like, well, they can just come get us, you know, bring your trailer maybe like it. But so we get it back going. And I said, dude, just keep, keep going to where we're going. Like if we get down there and we break down, we get down there and we break down. So the, the siren goes off, the motor goes back to full power. We get down there and immediately start catching them. Now, not fast and furious. And you'll see that on the video. We probably caught 10 keepers all day, but we're able to put together 14 pounds and, you know, we, but as soon as we pull up down there, this is so funny though, the motor thing, we had lost fish all morning. We're sitting on two little bitty keepers and we roll up Trey's first cast, first cast in there, hooks one and his braid to fluoro knot pulls out and it's a good one. And it jumps like four times out there. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, all right, okay. And, uh, he's, he's fighting mad. I'm fighting mad. I fire a drop shot in there right behind him. Big one. Just loads up on it. I lean into it, the lake's full of big spots. It gives me one of those. Comes off. And I said some stuff that won't be on the YouTube video, but it was just like, what is going on today? What is happening? And we just kind of had a come to Jesus meeting in the boat. He and I re-rigged a couple things. I fire in there and I catch, a, catch one, get them fired up. Trey catches a big spot. Then he catches a fifth one. And uh, we hunt and peck around, get up to 14 pounds. So end up in the top 10. A lot of fun. Uh, motor gave us hell coming back in. We didn't think we were going to make it back. It, it was just nuts. We ended up weighing in 10 minutes early because of that. 
just crazy, but uh, to overcome all of that in a day of fishing, I think that's very important. I always say it's what you learn or it's what, you know, you how you adjust. And, and I think that uh, I'm real proud of, you know, obviously having a top 10 against that group of guys, but to be able to overcome that because, man, I, I am certainly will go down that rabbit hole of negativity and uh, quicker than I should. And, and Trey was headed there too, but we were able to kind of get it back together. So fun weekend. And then I drove straight home and went to the uh, Steelwood show. One of my favorite bands, great, great Southern rock country band. Um, just, they're so freaking good, man. And they, uh, I've seen them twice this year now, but I got to take the boys. I got to take Hudson and Ryder to go see them. And it was a really cool dad moment because they're really into them and, watching them sing along and, and uh, it was a fantastic night of music. So running, running, running wild right now to say the least. All right, let's, uh, I want to thank these sponsors real quick and, uh, and then we're going to jump into it. We got a great guest today. Part of the reason that we're a little bit delayed is I wanted to be sure I could talk to him and trying to the last couple of weeks and, uh, really looking forward to it. But first and foremost, StarTron kicking all kicking ethanol in the teeth, in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your lawnmower, but most importantly, in your outboard engine because nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that will not run because of stupid, dumb ethanol. I say it all the time. Ethanol is like that creepy uncle at the cookhouse. Like, what are you, you, what are you doing? You got you a girlfriend? That you can't get away from, right? Like, you just, you can't. Hey, come here. Come on, back over here. You just can't get away from it. Cannot get away from it. Ethanol's like that. It's like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I make this gas a little cheaper. It's already $17 a gallon, but I make it a little cheaper. And then it goes. Ruins your engine. Just like that. A little dabble do you, StarTron. Kicking ethanol on the teeth and bringing you LBL. We appreciate the folks from StarTron. ProGuide batteries. Running those new ProGuide lithiums in the Express. Going to have them in the new X21 as well. The AGM cranking battery, that 31 series. I'm telling you. I've had battery issues for years and years and years and years, and everybody that promotes a battery is going to tell you, man, it's the best battery I've ever ran. But I can honestly, I can say that I hate batteries. I hate battery issues. And when I switched to these last year, I have not had a single issue. And I have had moments where I haven't, I was up in Michigan last year, wasn't, you know, camping out, was not able to charge my batteries for two straight days, never had an issue cranking wise or trolling motor. I was fishing the freaking Great Lakes. I've had some incidents like that where a breaker kicked during the night and I had to fish all day next day. I have been more than impressed with both the AGM and the lithiums. Check them out. ProGuyBatteries.com. Use code LBL10 to let them know you are a low lifer. Baitworks.com. I see y'all ordering that Baitworks. I see y'all out there using code Duncan-10 to let them know you're a low lifer and you can get all your tackle. If you want it, they got it. If they ain't got it, I promise you they'll have it on the way. And and I got a message this week from a young man that said, hey, man, you're not lying. My wife said, what is this box? Like, I don't know. Luke Duncan sent it here. <laughs> y'all blaming me because you're spending money. But uh, get on Baitworks. Use code Duncan-10. We're working on some really cool things with them. Still not able to announce that yet, but it is coming very, very soon. Baitworks.com. They got it all. It's summertime fishing, man. Get on there. Check it out. I did a little video with them on their website right now showing you some June pro picks of mine. Get on there and check it out. Baitworks.com. Last but certainly not least, Express Boats. Hot, 
Springs, Arkansas. The X21 Pro with the C-Deck with the Yamaha 250 show four-stroke. That's so bad to the bone. And I would just like to take this time to say no uh, no issues with Yamaha. Might have been in a, in a boat, in, in Trey's boat with a different motor. They gave us issues. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm just saying my, my old siren, I ain't never been kicked into guardian mode. I'm just saying. <laughs> just throw some shade this morning. Throw some shade. But I uh, love, love that freaking rig. Y'all know it. Got a video going up about it this week. One final walkthrough. I'm fixing to get my new one. And uh, I believe this one is sold. Thank y'all for the interest on it. And uh, I'll let you know if something happens in the sale. But I believe we've got her a new home. As sad as that makes me. Express Boats, the official boat of Low Budget Live, the Traveling Circus, the X21 Pro. Go check them out. I promise you, if you're riding one, you will not believe it. Not your daddy's aluminum boat. Express Boats, building excitement since 19... 66. All right. Here we go. Bassmaster Elite Series down on the home pond. I can't believe the Bassmaster Elite Series was, was right here in the backyard, Counts, Tennessee, all friggin' week. And I was gone. I never got to go down there. I never got to go uh go hug necks and and uh and check in with some of my bros down there. But uh, you know, Kind of a grimy event. Huge congrats to Brandon Lester, though. I want to start with that. Y'all know how I feel about Brandon. I had him on not long ago. I think he is – I said it. I think my title – and I heard Ronnie and Zona and Tommy uh, and Such talking about him on live, you know, that he is one of the most underrated guys. That is probably the most consistent and the hardest working, and he's just kind of a quiet guy, keeps to himself – much like myself, just quiet, keeps myself. Uh, but he catches them, man. He catches them, he catches them, he catches them. And they were putting some of his stats up on the screen, and I had looked at some of that. You know, I talked about it on the show. So I take credit for that, Ron, uh, for, your, for your homework. You're welcome. That came from Low Budget Live. We all know that. But just, man, I, when, he, when he got the lead, I was like, God, I hope this is his week. I hope he gets to win on the Tennessee River. It's very cool. But the strategy implemented – just flawless. It was, it was, uh, it was a little surprising that he caught fish the way he did for four days straight, but man, it was just awesome to see. And, and, uh, I texted him last night, just elated for the guy and his family, hard, hard worker. So congrats to Brandon Lester. I don't think anybody mad at that one. Ain't nobody mad that he got to hoist a blue trophy. I'll assure you. And, uh, and that's how you always know somebody's well thought of, well respected when you see all the other anglers posted. I've said that on here before, and he's one of the good guys. Congrats to Cody Huff on a killer tournament as well. Cody's a guy near and dear to my heart as well that I, that's going to get, I think, several blue trophies. He's a young man. He's he, he's he's uh, he's just you know he's a rookie, and uh, you hate to see it not shake out his way. But but man, just he's going he's going to be there. He's going to be there. Trust me. And then I uh, gotta I gotta say. Uh, huge congrats to Justin Atkins on top 10, eighth place there. My little buddy, Justin, try to get him in studio to talk about it here in the next couple of weeks while he's home, but having a, having a miserable year, no other way to put it. He's having a tough year. He's been in a slump and just can't seem to get it on the tracks, man. And we talk a lot and that is very frustrating for me to hear a guy like Justin be frustrated with how things are going because he is one of the most fantastic anglers I've ever got to step foot in a boat with. 
it just just a great person, a great dad, great husband, just a great, you know, all the way around, man. And to see him struggle has been hard for me. It, it has been. And uh, I know it's obviously harder on him, but I, I hate that because he's a guy full of confidence and, and you see that. So to go to his home lake where he had a miserable tournament last year, we kind of blamed. He said that's where the slump started, like jokingly was on Pickwick in the spring event last year when the high water and everything got crazy. But to see him go get a top ten, man, I, I'm just proud of the dude, real proud of him. So huge congrats to him on that. And his wife Tess said, look, Coop, my, my little my little dude, Coop, Atkins, just uh, great people, man. So like to see that. Also want to say congrats to Brandon Polinick on another top ten, leading the angler of the year. Not by a lot. He got a slim lead. A few points, but slim lead over Cox Watch. John Cox. John with another top five. Imagine that. Cox Watch. Just another top five up there grinding it out shallow, man. Amazing. Amazing. Just uh, absolutely crushes. And it makes it work for him. That's why I say he's one of the best to ever do it. Because he just does what he wants to freaking do and makes it work. Makes it work. But... That angler of the year race with between those two is going to be so cool because they're going up north where Brandon is obviously, I mean, a a, a real guru <laughs> up there on smallmouth stuff. But my God, you look at John in the last couple of years, he smashes when he goes up there. So they've got they got St. Lawrence and they got Owyhee, which is just kind of a wild card, but it is a smallmouth fishery. And then they end on a river rat hole. Uh, where Brandon's had success as well, but just that shallow water, grimy, going to be a tough grinder of a tournament at lacrosse. So, man, I think if John keeps that close, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch going down the going down the stretch. But uh, I wish Brandon the best of luck, though, getting home. He's on a 31-hour drive right now as we speak, trying to get home to Tiffany and uh, their first child. <laughs> she She has not gone into labor yet. I saw that he and Kyle were driving back across the country to try to get home and uh, and make it in time. And I know he had just a very stressful week because her due date was last Monday. And she hasn't gone into labor yet, so fingers crossed, man. I hope, BP, buddy, I hope you get to make it back. Yeah, just best of luck and congrats on everything right now. All right. BPT going on at Watts Bar. And, man, I, I don't know. I don't I, – I, I'll probably piss somebody off with this, but what's new, Watts Bar is just a gar hole. Like, it just is. It's it, Maybe it's just this year. Maybe it's always been that. But, you know, MPFL was there. Our guys, you know, Patrick Walters, over 15 pounds a day average to win. They caught some fish. It took, you know, 10 pounds a day or something to get around a 40th place check. In our event, five fish tournament that had to be uh, 15 inches, had to be 15 inches. Bass Pro went, and I even heard Andy Morgan complain about it in an Instagram video of his. They went minimum weight on this, like 1.8, which is, I would say, not a 15-inch keeper most likely. I mean, you know, you get some long, lean ones, you might get a 110. I don't know. I'm not saying they're two-pounders, but that 1.8. But, God, if they'd have gone two-pound minimum, dude, the weights would have been so freaking bad. I think they've had two rounds now as I record this, and it's just, man, it just sucks. Like, that lake is, uh, I, I don't know, man, and the city is trying to get, they they want to have tournaments there, but they, they built this ramp that's kind of weird, and it's not set up. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. 
Um, Spring City is a wonderful community, and and they hosted the MPFL. It was great, but I don't know. It's just it's it's a strange deal. But you know, Brad Knight's been texting me. He's like, "Hell, I told you, dude, it's not good. Like it's it's off from what it was, and and uh, certainly showing that again." But somebody's still going to win a hundred grand, so it doesn't matter. But man, those weights, woof! It's been uh, it's been really bad. Looking at that, I mean, the MPFL boys to catch them like they did for three straight days. Um, you know, and I know some of the BPT guys will probably whine and say, well, you had a big tournament, you know, before us. Uh, but in actuality, a little behind the scenes on how that shook out, MPFL was scheduled to be there this week. Scheduled to be there this week, originally. And something happened. I won't say exactly what, but there were some shenanigans at play. And we uh, we end up having to take the May date that we had. MBPT ended up there this this week, so not sure how that all shook out exactly. But uh, but I, I did hear that a couple guys made the comment, "Oh, you have to fish behind," you know, because everything's got to be status quo. Uh, it's just a tough fishery, man. It's a really tough fishery. I'll say this: there's a bunch of them doing what old Patty Walt did to win. So. Uh, and I know a lot of those guys were watching our broadcast because I heard from so many of them while we were broadcasting MPFL up there. But just a tough fishery, man. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's great, though. I think from a from a fan standpoint, it's tough to watch sometimes, but I think that's more what people deal with than the big weight slug fest. I, I, I really do. I think that's – y'all know that, man. You ain't catching 25 pounds. Or, you know, some of these tournaments make it look like there's just always some – massive amount of six pounders swimming around this is not the case this is not the case for most of y'all when you go out on a saturday or most of us i should say it's just uh you know we'll settle for a 14 pound bag like we me and little trey did this weekend and no doubt about it all right so my guest today is uh he's a recurring he's a recurring uh guest he may he may have been on here more than anybody other than brad knight and for good reason, and for good reason. He could do any podcast he wants. He could start his own and be the biggest. He can, you know, he, he can say whatever he wants to on social media and it, and, it, and it pops off, blows up. People hang on every word because he's entertaining, he's smart, he's funny, and he's a hell of a fisherman. He's a hell of a person. Uh, currently 15th in the Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year. Just missed his first cut of the year. First one, which is crazy, man. He's been on a freaking roll. Just missed it at Pickwick. He hates Pickwick. He hopes they drain it. But he's a legend. He's my friend. I'm very and my brother, even though he's a B.O.B. Let's get him on the phone right now. Gerald Swindle. There he is. Hey, buddy. I, I was just calling this morning uh, here on Low Budget Live to check on you and make sure that you're okay after uh, you and Ryan and I took that vicious, vicious attack from me and the LOB at Neely Henry. Listen. In the standards. I just saw your name there. I just want to check on you. Saw y'all didn't weigh in. I just, I didn't know. We didn't run into y'all over there. Just because you see me driving over the water in 1998, and then you fished it in 2007 and caught one, don't mean you beat me there, Lee. I was there, not not even in spirit. I wasn't. You, you wasn't even all thinking my, about Neely Henry, was you? All my ass whoopings I had been given to Pickwick. Yes, yes. I drove three hours to get my ass whooped by some real little old bees. Yes. I'm talking about 
pounded. Mm-hmm. pounded. But, but not, I mean, it ain't like you finished 95th, though. Let's talk about that. It's not up to your standards. You barely missed the cut. It's the first cut you freaking missed all year. I get it, but it's like, come on, man. You're fishing. I mean, you, you're having one of the best years. I mean, people would freaking give their left leg for that. For I think we set standards. I know uh, that. I was making my YouTube video uh, with Leanne uh, Saturday morning as I went over to work Bass Live, and that was kind of one of the things she was wanting to get to kind of the behind the scenes, and I'm putting my jersey on the truck, getting ready to walk down there, and she said, well, what are you thinking? I said, well, I was thinking that I didn't fish up to my standards, nor did I fish up to the standards that Bass has set for me to continue in this race, and I said, that part sucks, but I said, the other thing we have to look at is it's still a business. So Friday I get eliminated, but Saturday morning I got to wake up and say, hey, you got to swallow that bad pill, yeah. but today go do Bass Live. And that's the juggle between this. You, you set your standards high and you want to fish, and when them crash, how fast can you bounce back up and say, yeah, continue yeah. running? It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a business. It's real easy to get the truck, slam the door, slam gravel, and drive home, but I told her, I said, this is the part that – you you just ultimately it's like drinking buttermilk. You just gotta you gotta wash it down. <laughs> and I, I man, I, that's such a that's such a good way to put it because I feel like everybody sees G being funny. They see you being upbeat, being positive. But man, like bad days still affect you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you 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 yeah. don't want to have them. None of us want to have them. But people are like, hey, G PMA soldier through or uh, I yeah. mean, but but. They don't. I think people don't understand. Like you, like you said, you still got to show up and put a smile on your face for bass life. But you're pissed that you're not out there still slinging at them. Oh, it just kills you when you're watching live and you're seeing guys fish the stuff that you fished and just Ugh. doing these little tweaks. But you know, I wear the PMA bracelet, and a lot of people think, well, maybe it's just a slogan, and maybe it's just something they sell some apparel. I wear it for me, folks. Yes, the black dog sits on my porch more days than you think. And if I let that black dog stay there, it's going to bother me. So I'm constantly having to tell myself, hey, you have to find a more positive way to look at this. You have to try to find the good and the bad. You have to try to figure out, did you do something dramatically wrong fishing? Did you did you have a loss of instincts in this tournament? So that whole PMA deal is a lot more for me. It's just helped other people. Yeah. But the mindset in fishing has to be almost invincible. And that's the hardest thing. When you're getting knocked out and knocked down, <laughs> To think you can be invincible is the hardest thing. Everybody can talk about it at the hotel room after a couple cold pops and some pizza <laughs> sitting around the boat going, by God, tomorrow I'm a winner. Yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm swing for the fences, your favorite saying. Yeah. I'm going to swing yeah. for the fences. Yeah. Some folks swing for the fences, never even got out of the dugout. That's you right. had a bite at noon. That's you, right. you hadn't had a bite at 10 o'clock. So then I want to sit up for that guy and go, where's the winner at now? No, that's right. And I have to tell myself that. Of course. Hey, you're not here on accident. Keep fishing, keep grinding. And man, it's such a it's such a big mental deal. And you know, I, it's funny that that when I meet people, he's like, "Oh man, tell us a joke." And, <laughs> you know, Mercer's it always. You know, everybody says that's the funniest man in bass fishing. That I don't actually mean to be. Sometimes it just comes out. But you can ask ninety nine percent of marshals I ever fished with, and one of them this week said the same thing. He goes, "Good God, you're intense when you fish." It's <laughs> right. I mean, like it just—you just turn that off, and it's like it's fight or flight. It's time to play ball. That's and right. when that day is over, then you got to—you got to be able to turn that off. And my wife's always told me these people didn't come to the way and they want to see you. They didn't come to see you mad. They come to see the G man they see every day, that's the one right. that's always trying to find something positive. So 
if you if you feel like you can't do that, then you're going to lose on the water and on the land. So she's always telling me, they just want to see you smile. You can be mad in the camper. Just walk it off. <laughs> God, what a lesson. Uh, man, do you, when you, you talk, going back to like the PMA bracelet, and I know, I know that is very much a thing where you're like, all right, get, get, get your head back on your shoulders. Let's figure this out. But does, cause I know Leanne, she posts her sandwich bag notes. And I think I always have thought that's like the coolest, one of the coolest things um, going back for years with you guys. But is that something that during the day, you you find inspiration in as well is that something that yeah. like if she didn't do it like if she missed a day would you be like it would bother me yeah because uh on day one i opened that sandwich bag up up there and i had four fish and i got down about 11 o'clock to eat my sandwich and i had jumped off of four and a half and i had four and one of was a line burner i grabbed that sandwich bag out and it said be savage not average. <laughs> They're just like immediately. I just crammed the sandwich in my mouth, threw the bag down, thought, "Hell no, hell no, I'm doing this." <laughs> yeah, you know, right. sometimes it's just that little thing that you read that says that vote of confidence to click you back over mentally. Just said, "Hey, somebody believes in you. You got to believe in yourself." Because everybody can talk smack, but there's not an anger out there that don't stand in the front of that boat, whatever brand you run. I've stood in front of that Phoenix and the self-doubt has been so heavy. Sometimes you can't shake it off. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who they are. It's like, oh, I never feel that way. Bull crap. Bull crap. Well, it ain't going your way. You know, and, and me and you talk a little about your little trade man. Y'all yeah. have a rough yeah. start Saturday morning. You know, losing some, missing some. I fished with him last night. He was telling me, he said, dude, it, it was not looking good. It was not pretty. <laughs> At was the not. end of the day on paper, people are like, man, good job, y'all. And we're like, hell, I don't know that we had a good job. We did a good job today. <laughs> well, I, you know, and you I did, always I I tell myself that. And I, Leanne and I just got to laugh about it. Now, now I'm preaching it to Carl. I said, Carl, it ain't got to be pretty. Just get it done. Yep. I said, so much, so many times we get caught up on this myth of it has to be pretty. I pulled in on this first stop. I made this perfect cast. The six pounder ate it. I grabbed him. I caught three more threes, blah, blah, blah. Cause you, that's the stuff you hear the stories about. That's the bass but live I, stuff. A lot of times how it's put together that, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I also, I think sometimes that's those Instagram lives that people yes, pay. Yes, for sure. Fishing or marriage, you know, yes. you see people on Instagram, they done filed for divorce 19 times and you see him in a family photo. Just love this man. I love him so <laughs> much. I can so die true, for him. Man. Like, and I'm like, last week you were threatening to kill him on Facebook. <laughs> we saw you with them scissors, Linda. You were after yeah, him. Yeah. We, Linda, saw him. we saw, we saw it, you down at the, we saw you down at Bill's wild burger, shaking a leg out there with the cook. <laughs> we saw it. You know, then, but, then you loving him on Instagram today. <laughs> but, but people can paint that picture. That's right. And in fishing, sometimes we even set it up in our heads on blast off. Of hey, Trey, we're going to slide down here. We're going to swim a jig. I'm going <laughs> to fish behind with a buzz, but we're going to catch two or three good ones. We're going to bounce yeah, over here. Well, yeah. You, yeah they, the good ones bite. You miss every one of them. That's exactly. <laughs> well, we, we kind of we, we screwed the script up. And I always say it doesn't have to be pretty. That's right. It just has to get done. That's right. So when you keep going back to that, man, and Trey told me, he said, dude, I'm at 9 or 10 o'clock, we was looking like we was going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. It was not good. <laughs> yes, we were. He said we was, we was leaning on each other for support, and he said, and we just kind of went, and he said, you know, we caught one or two fish, and it just clicked. And I'm like, dude, that's fishing. That's overcoming that's and learning how to be a top tournament angler. It's being able to just get to some point, shake it off, and say, I just got to get a bite to turn it around. And look, sometimes, though, I think it's fair to say, it's like you said, we, we build all this up. Sometimes you don't turn it around. 
right? No. Sometimes you no, don't. It, it, not every day you're going to go, well, I'm going to read this sandwich bag. I'm going to look at this PMA or I'm going to look at Trey and go, hey, come on, let's go, baby. Get fired up. And then you're going to go catch 20 pounds. That, that's not a reality either, though, sometimes. No, right? no. You know? My Uncle Earl my uncle Earl died a raging alcoholic. He went to rehab a lot, but he never did turn his around. <laughs> exactly. He tried. Yeah. Well, he right. drove that state wagon in the ditch more times than none <laughs> on Beach, Mississippi. He even tried to jump Bell's Ferry in it. And a long wheel stretched out panel wagon, station wagon, drunk with no shock. And the only thing he could say when they swam out and got the hood, somebody around there too, and they said, Earl, you okay? He said, Y'all got any jumper cables? Couldn't <laughs> turn it around. And people think because you have a good attitude, yeah. you know, and I and I look at and I'll give this guy this props to Carl Jockinson. He's the guy that tries to smile and have the best attitude and all. And some days when he comes in, I'll say, Carl, what happened? He goes, Gee. It was miserable. <laughs> right. And I'm like, dude, that's fishing. But that's, that's the it. part nobody wants to accept. They think, they think if I buy into the program and I think positive, it's just going to happen. Yeah. No, it's going to help you overcome the adversity. Yes. It's not like it clicking there easier. It so that's the key is when somebody slaps you in the face, can you, can you rebound? And that's how fishing is. And that's, that was a big lesson. And I told Trey last night, I said, I'm proud of y'all. Cause I said, dude, that could have went either way. But I said, you guys fought back, had a solid top 10 finish. And now y'all just what, just 20 points out of that angler like year. 16 or something like that. Yeah. And wh where are y'all going for the last one? Well, I don't even really want to talk about that on. Yeah, going but pick we're going to Pickwick. It was <laughs> on Pickwick. Knows yeah, a lot about I don't know. Some guy, some guy Trey fishes with, but that's, that's pressure. <laughs> He's putting pressure on. He's putting pressure on me already. About the time we caught our, we called like our second time. He said, "It's on you for the next one." I said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't start that crap." U L O B. He was getting that burden. He's like, "We got it done up here. We got to go." Yeah, he was already moving on. I'm like, "Hang on now. We still got an hour I'll left." I fixed this little butt last night. I totally in. I got on. We got on at twelve thirty. We tried to unpack the camper, get clothes in, get stuff done. I got a photo shoot starts this evening. And tomorrow, I've got all the stuff to do. And then Trey's like, Uncle G, my boat's broke. You want to go fish a wild catter? And I'm like, oh, my God. I <laughs> Sunday nighter. Like, I said, I guess I'm going Sunday night. And she said, what time? I said, 3.30 to 8. She said, knock it out. And I'm out there. ain't even retired. And he, they're just like, oh, he's, he's just he, he's he, just winding that plug. And he, I mean, he holds his own. And at nah, one right. time, at one time, like, we caught doubles, like, on the first cast. We started out good. And then. It wasn't long. I had three in the live well, and all of a sudden, he started calling all mine out. I'm like, hang on now. He's a big fella. Yeah, easy. And the next thing you know, he done called all mine out. And I said, whoa, now you hurt my feelings. And then we got down the last 50 minutes last night, and we'd run our place of fish. Oh, Unc pulled one out of his butt. I said, let me show you something. Run all the way down the lake, spun in there, caught me in five and a half. I said, there you go. And I told him, I said, son, don't, don't, don't short the old people. Yeah, don't count me out yet. We cook slow, sir. He said that was clutch, G. That was clutch. If we got the W, but it's good to see that enthusiasm. But like to try to teach him those decisions is, yeah, we have fifty minutes left, and everywhere we went, there was somebody sitting. But we just you can't just fold up. That's right. Just say, hey, let's just sit over here, burn time up. Nah. Long as you got gas on the boat, you got options. That's that's right. Listen, man, I looked at him Saturday when he caught that big spot, and we only had four. Give us our fourth one, and I said, listen to me. I said, there's a lot of ball game left. Like, we got to go. Come on. Like, we're doing the right thing. Like, don't get down. Because he had you been down, boy. 
you're in the back of the boat holding up four fingers like Alabama. Fourth yes, quarter. That's right. Fourth let's quarter. go. Let's go. No, it wasn't even the fourth quarter at that point. It was the fourth fifth. We was in the second. I'm like, well, it ain't even halftime yet, cuz we got we gotta go, man. So it it, it uh it was just old young. I, I wish that that was a way to teach uh, uh, teach that, pass that down tough, to the man. young generation fishermen is the battle on the water, because I see, and it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, it bothers me. I see so many young kids, high school kids and dads and all this that want to shortcut everything. Mm-hmm. Want Big shortcut. time. Yes. They want to shortcut it. Well, what happens when you take enough shortcuts is when the road gets bumpy, the dude driving quits because he's scared. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just life. If he shortcut it all and dad found him and dad called him or this, that, and the other, and they try to shortcut everything. Where's he going to be at when he's left alone? Yep. Yep. Is he going to have that 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 no quit, all grit determination? Or is he going to say, well, I got to find somebody to tell me what to do. And that's, that's something that I, I, when I watch fishing and how much it's progressed high school and college and how much good it's done, I also see the negative effect, Mm -hmm. you know, because at that level, Luke, this is probably going to piss some people off. (laughs) Have you ever went to a high school event or a college event and heard somebody stand up and talk integrity and sportsmanship? That's right. You know, and I'm blown away just talking to Ryan and him and his son fishing high school. He said, dude, how many parents are just idling there and say, just get in front of them, get in front of them, go oh, in front yeah. of them. But, but now look, that don't, that don't just, I think it starts there a lot anymore, but dude, I, I think you and I talked about this this weekend. Trey and I had, and it wasn't, I won't say it was just like blatantly terrible, but he and I were fishing real small backwater to start the day, and we had a guy just power idle through right where we're at and, and, and go up and start ahead of us, which is just kind of, and people listening to this probably say, quit griping. That's just how it goes now. But I grew up at a time on the Tennessee River, if you were sitting on an offshore place, guess what? You were sitting on that offshore place. They wasn't going to be five boats rub rail to rub rail to rub rail because if there was, somebody was toting an ass whipping when you got back I'm to McFarland Park. I'm talking about a Kentucky yes. Lake parking lot ass Yes. I mean, like, whether that was Wheeler, Gunnersville, Pickwick, Kentucky Lake. Like, you, if you pulled up on a guy that was already on a spot, dude, that, that just – and now, look, at, at y'all's level, I know things get worked out sometimes. Sometimes but, they don't get worked out. But, like, but we should be <laughs> – I hold us responsible for being the leaders. Yes. When it's sitting rub rail to rub rail to rub rail to rub rail, and then kids watch that, they might not understand that there might what have been a conversation. Yeah. How, how did they get to this point? It just shows it. Okay. I don't like it. Dude, I hated fishing Pickwick because it was so crowded. I mean, I was absolutely sick at my stomach because I drew out late and I knew what was going to happen. And, man, I struggle so it kills me to have to pull up where someone's fishing and, ask. and I try to ask, you know, yeah. I'll just pull up and I, and props to Brian new dude. I pulled up on him at fork and asked to fish a spot with him. And he said, absolutely. I had to pull up to him twice at, you know, it's funny. We're just on the same stuff. And he was like, bro, you don't never have to ask me to fish. And I'm like, I'm always going to ask you to fish, mm-hmm. Brian. I'm always going to try to be at least stay away from you to figure out where I can get to not be in your way. Now, that doesn't mean what I'm doing is right. It doesn't mean what everybody else is doing is wrong. It's just right in my heart. Right. It doesn't mean it's right because somebody's going to say, all right, do it. Hey, do what you got to do, bro. Do what you got to do. I, ha- I have to kind of do what I feel like, what I would want done to me. Yes. And there's nothing that pisses me off more. Somebody comes flying in, 
flips their hoodie up, their sun hoodie. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> then I want to say, hey, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Now, see me now you don't, huh? Yeah. You, I see you the magic man. Because I hood up, I don't see you being a prick. Yes, I, that, and dude, that's what I see more than ever. Just fun fishing on a Tuesday on Pickwick. They'll roll in, never look, just start firing. They like a mad man. I catch one, and they won't even look at you. You're like, hey man, hey me and these two boys have been sitting here uh, dragging our worms around out here for about a, two hours. Thank you for joining us. You know, it's just you know, weird. It's weird. Casey Gap is if they do just put up and said, hey man, do y'all mind if I fish out here a little bit? I had. <laughs> Say, shoot bro come on in man exactly but like that's what the problem you have on the water is the communication gap and then there's always the people that are over aggressive there's there's always the misconception of especially in our events one day events it's a little different but when you fish a two-day event you have what's called and this needs to be written down somewhere inverted field yes which means just because you drew out boat seven in that tournament don't mean that the other 85 guys should go home and cut grass that you won the derby. It means you have first selection at the buffet today. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow, you're going to be in the back of the line. And when you get to the fried chicken, it may just <laughs> be ends. Okay. But see, you have to also reverse it and think about that. The dude that was in 90th that took off on day one. He got them dry, crispy chicken ends the first day. That's right. But he survived. He earned, like, it doesn't mean. The standings don't necessarily tell the story, right? No, and then people say, well, I started here. (laughs) Okay. Well, if uh, a drunk driver hits me, I'm going to sue the tire company. That's how much (laughs) sense that makes. That's right. Because you started there means you drew out before me. Okay. So it doesn't. Now, once you understand that, once that feels inverted, you may get the pick of the choice but we have other anglers that think well because i started here it's mine the rest of my career <laughs> why because of luck of a draw that you you got determined that this is your spot for life no on day two there's a really good chance you may not even get to fish here mm-hmm. that's a fact. so now we go to day three then luke we go to different etiquette i think when you get to day three you've inverted the field flight one and two day three if a guy's on that same spot that you've been fishing or you and him been sharing it, and if I'm there and he's in the top five and I'm 45th or I'm 35th, I'm letting him have it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that anybody else has to. I'm just saying that I'm going to let him have it, knowing that, hey, you're in contention to win. Roll with it. Roll with it. You know, and that it, it, it's so many variables in how that works on day one and two on who fishes on top. Let, let me ask you this. If a guy on day, because I, I feel like people are going to ask this, so on day one, you're boat 90 and I'm boat two and I get on the goods and I'm leading the tournament. What does that mean on day two? Nothing. Nothing. Just, just, Nothing. Hey man, I wanted to get here and you were here. I could have been leading or in second. Is well, that kind of that. I'll pull up on that guy and I'll say, Hey man, you, if it's day one and it's that good a spot, you pull up and say, Hey, bro, you, want fish, you, you want to fish here today by yourself or tomorrow by me by myself? And if he says, I don't want you to fish around me, leave today, then you say, no matter how much you catch, <laughs> how much you do, you made the rules. Yeah. Uh, the you rules made the of rules. The battle have been established at that point. Right. 
So you showed that. So tomorrow I'm going to have zero sympathy on you. Sympathy's in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. And I'm not going to have it. <laughs> but you didn't have any on me today. See what I'm saying? You just like yeah. let them make the rules. They play the game. Do you, do you think it's, it's would be wise for people? Like if you do draw that late boat number to let somebody know, like your first stop needs to be at least like if you got that beat to a spot, fun. like, Hey man, because I think we get there, there are gray areas and all this, but I think one of the, and you and I talked about this yesterday. One of the gray areas you do get into on a day two situation is you get that classic. You weren't here yesterday. I didn't see you anywhere around. Yeah, you just saw hey. I was here. And we hear that bull crap all the time. I mean, and when you run by there that morning, let's just, <clears throat> for instance, Pickwick, there's 11 heads of islands on the face north there, and there's a school on every one of them. That was yeah. just facts. So when I took off, there was three to five boats on every one of them. Mm -hmm. So when I run by them, I might let off of it and look a little bit and run again, let off of it. But, like, where where would you want me to fish on yeah, day one? Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're like, it's pretty much a basic community hope. Now, here's the here's the the wild card in that let's just say Lester situation. He was off by himself. Didn't have another tournament boat around him on day one. Caught him there and left, you know, now he don't know what happened after that. That's right. Hard enough. There. So when he goes back the next day, you know, and a guy ran there and started, that's kind of complicated. Yeah. And then it always comes down to the size of the spot. Yes. There are spots that can be fished by two and there are spots that can be fished by one. But if you're throwing in a 15-foot cast and you're spot-locked and a guy comes in and starts throwing over your line, I don't care what term again or what anybody says. In my book, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And you know how big the target is when you get there, or you should. I'm and you that. have most of those offshore spots, two boats is crowded. Yeah, way crowded. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I fished an FLW on Chick one time. And, dude, there were, like, nine guys sitting on one of the best juice holes. I, I fished this one as a co-angler, and my guy went out there in the middle of it. It's the most, like, ridiculous thing I've ever been a part of. I'm like, who? Nobody's winning here, guys. Nobody's oh. benefiting from this crap. Like, And let's throw the other wild card in there. Now, what may play factor different is if you were up north and you're dropping 40 or 50 foot straight down on them and nobody's really mm -hmm. casting, you can fish four or five spots on a big wide point. Yeah. Four or five guys. Because there's nobody casting. Yeah. But when you're throwing a DT twenty or a big worm <laughs> eleven miles, yeah. Where's that guy gonna get that he don't interfere with that cast or have Different. to throw right beside you? Yeah. So if you're sitting out on a forty foot hump and there's three or four guys dropping straight down, you're not covering as much water. So you're probably not gonna hinder each other as bad. Is there anything but a tournament organization can do because I, I mean I think Cave with ABT they've got a rule I forget what the exact written the rule 50 is but yard I think, yes rule. fifty yard rule is that dangerous is that something that's good you know like it's, it the problem I run into is like in, with elites we really don't have a rule mm -hmm. and it and it comes down to judgment and an opinion and how to interpret something which. If which deems if you're trying to figure out how someone is thinking, yes. you have to understand or judge how they're thinking. That's going to be a really weird call. It's a great area. What, yeah. what was so great? The 50 yard rule protects a little bit of that, but then is it 51 yards? Was the guy? Yeah, that, that's tricky for me. It's like, man, are right. we 50? So that, are we not? Like, it's a buffer to keep to try to keep the peace. But it's still a tricky, tricky rule. Mm -hmm. I, I think it just comes down to there's just not enough 
lines in the sand drawn to say, hey, did this guy hinder you from fishing? The, to the best of your abilities, that, yeah. Right. That, I feel like that's where I draw the line is when a guy is keeping me from casting and reeling my lure in, then he is 100% interfering with my daily catch and yeah. preventing me from fishing. Yeah. Now, to me, that's not a gray area. If you throw that's, over yeah. me, that's black and white. Yeah. Black and white. And when you go, when you troll downwind of somebody or something and intentionally start throwing over them, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I think, man, if you're that guy, like if you get so upset that, that whoever's on a spot that you start casting over, cause you, we all know, I know, I know if I cast over a little tray and I'm in the boat with him, I know if I cast over my boat, like, you know, you're aware most of the yeah. time where somebody's lines at, especially if it's just one guy and you pull up, but you're hurting yourself in that too, right? Like you're not being effective with your bait if you're throwing yeah. over a guy's line just to be a dick. <laughs> That's yeah, my you're, thing. You're, you're, you're just doing it out of anger. Yeah. And, and and here's how quick this can happen, dude. Somebody can beat you. Let's just say you're running to a spot that's a brim bed and eight foot of water and it's 10 foot by 10 foot. And you're going to run there and make that cast. And there's a guy behind you wanting to get there too. Or a guy in front of you and you outrun him. You shut the boat down, you put the boat on spotlight and you start making that cast. Now, whether you beat him there by one minute or 21 minutes, it don't matter. Mm -hmm. He lost. Mm -hmm. So when he tension, my opinion is, and then when he goes over you, you got an issue. Yeah, I'm with that. So that's why people run their boats lighter. It just so many variables in that, but that's never talked about at a lower division or high school. I, I just wish so much of that was, I wish they had meetings and classes where pros went and talked to these guys instead of doing some of the other stuff we do. And I ain't even going to mention all that. Just go and talk, being responsible, how yeah. to be a great conservationist. Let's set up a program. Say fish care. Fish yes. care huge. Yeah. yeah. Let's set up a let's set up an outline, a playbook of how often you kids should check your live wells. Mm -hmm. You know, every 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 hour, one of you should step back in the live well. But let's set that game plan in their head to groom them to the next level. Because where I am at, the fish cares life or death, yep. and I'm not for sure. <laughs> you're you're living proof of it, right? <laughs> proof of it. So Toled like, not why? to mention Toledo Bend, but Toledo Bend. Uh, yeah. Why? <laughs> So you're like, why don't we teach that more? Why, why instead of just saying, let's give let's give them these all these baits and rods and opportunities, let's give them knowledge. Yep. Let's teach them all the tricks to keep one alive. Have you ever seen a high school fizzing class? Yep. Come That's on. Good. Well, I, I will say I can't say I have it, and and the only reason is I'm gonna hang on, I'm gonna blow my own horn. <laughs> Real quick, right here. I may do it one more time. Yep. I'm going to do it. Is, I, so Costa Sunglasses, shout out Costa, they used to work with FLW and had a high school fishing camp, and I got to go to it three years in a row, and my class that I taught with people from FLW was fish care and fizz and fish. So I can say, now by God, they might not have got it anywhere else, but three summers in a row at Kentucky Lake, I did teach a fizzing class and a G-juice. How to, how, to, how to use your live wells, dude. I don't think grown men... And you know me with my day job with TH, like we sell a ton of live well parts. I don't think people understand, and I won't say it's like 90%, but I'd say half don't even understand the basic functionality between a research pump and a fill pump. I, I really don't. I really don't. And that matters. It matters. You know how many people ask me daily, how do you keep them fish alive? Yeah. Grown 
and I'll say, you know, here's the theory, here's what I do. You know, I install the vents, which I think is a huge deal. I run oxygenator, yeah. I run both of them on auto. I don't add ice. Everybody's got their theory. I hook one deep. Uh, Saturday, uh, Friday morning off the get go. He's bleeding, jerked him out, put him in a live well, took the G juice, pulled mm-hmm. right on his tongue, blood stopped. He lived all day. Yep. See, but nobody teaches that. So why, why, why ain't we looking at, oh, here's a good idea. If we want to be on the high school team, so I'm just going to throw this out there. If you want to be on the football team and you're on offense, you got to learn the playbook, don't you? Yep. All right. If you're on defense, you got to learn the playbook, don't you? You don't just walk out there and them say Z seventy four slant <laughs> wide right hut hut, and you know what to do. You you're study like, what? The learn it. <laughs> so why, when we go into high school fishing, start right then, and let's set up a playbook and let's set up a testing that you have to take and perform to? Because so you have to have your grades above this before you can be on the team. Okay. Well. If you play on a high school football team, then you have to stay to the standard of the coach or you're off the team. So why don't we have a basic format to say, here's the parts of the boat, starboard side, port side. Yep. Here's the live wells. Here's the lights. Here's what you do. Like, how hard would that be for us to set this up? Some, And, and I, I'll put it on bass. I'll put it on MLF. Whoever wants to listen, that's your next generation. It would be so easy to set the testing up, a small sample test. You know, what does the research do? You know, where does your belge pump at? What does auto belge mean? What does manual belge mean? Mm-hmm. What if those kids are in a life or death situation and the coach were to have a, a sudden heart attack, God forbid, and them not know the functions of the boat? Yep. You know, I think it's just good conservation outdoorsmen to say, hey, let's put some basic classes in here. And if you're going to be on the Bailington fishing team or the Locust Fork fishing team, the coach is going to send you home some homework and you're going to learn this and we're going to have it sit in class and we're going to talk about how long your manual pump on auto feels before it shuts off. Mm-hmm. And can you adjust the timer and what you can do if they run out, yep. you know, yeah. I just, that's all this little stuff, not, not tied, uh, sportsmanship, what, to, how to get a hook out. I like hey, that. And I, here's I, one I was, backing a trailer. Being prepared to put your boat in the water at the launch ramp. Uh, trapping the boat, going yeah. around somewhere. Seriously, like that sounds silly. People listen probably like, oh, you, this is crazy. Man, how many times you pull up at the ramp? I know even with my boys, like going fishing with my boys, like we have a system. But I, I'm working to, to you know, right now it's I'd put Hudson in, he puts the troll motor in, and he comes and gets me. And that's cool. That's fine. We're good to go. But I try to teach them, hey, man, have everything ready when you get ready to launch. Like have your straps off. Don't do that on the boat ramp. We all see it. It shouldn't take that long to put in and take out a lot of times. And it it does, unfortunately. Everybody wants to learn to catch more fish, but I That's think right. we should really take a lot of time to focus on the preparation to get there's there to a catch lot more. more. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. And, dude, I, and I know we're talking high school and college a little bit, but, man, I think the same goes, and it's, you could never enforce this, but I think the same goes for a Tuesday night or a Sunday night or Wheeler, Wilson, Gunnersville, Pickwick, whatever, because those tournaments – as fun as they are, can can take a negative toll on a fishery too, right? If everybody's going out they, killing fish, they don't take they, care of them the right way. Be extremely detrimental. Yeah. And I'm really glad to see even a little tournament training our fish last night. They're all three fish limits. Yes. And I think, and I've often wondered this, and this is not going to be a popular opinion for a lot of people. And I've talked about this with Kay, and she she agrees 100%. I wish that the people at Bass and MLF, uh, MPFL would all get together and say, we're going to write a full on outline and help each state 
regulate tournaments and what should be there. And the reason I'm using them, even Alabama Bass Trail, is they have the highest percentage of live release For rates. sure. For All sure. right, so let's say we're going to look at Gunnersville and to have a tournament over 50 boats. And I'm just throwing examples out so yeah. nobody just starts sending me emails. Don't care. <laughs> Don't, Don't start me. hitting all cap. <laughs> I'm just saying if you had a 50-boat tournament in June, here's all the regulations you have to have. Yep. You have to have two uh, holding tanks. You mm-hmm. have to have oxygen flowing in them. You can only weigh in three fish. These are these are things that I think we can help the state regulate off our knowledge using the ABT information, using the bass information, using all tournament organizations information to prove this is how the best way to keep them alive. And what bothers me is you see none of that. You'll see a 200-boat tournament and they're just holding them in a bag in a concrete. That fish can't live in that bag with a few minutes. The oxygen runs out. You know, so I'm like, if we regulated that, and that's on us. I mean, I'm taking full responsibility because you like, we should be pushing that. As much as we argue for grass and this and restocking, I I think restocking works. Some people don't, but I'm thinking, okay, if we can't restock, let's try to keep more of them alive. Take care of what we already got, yeah. Right, and I I don't think that's asking too much. I know people are going to say, damn, geez, on this soapbox today. No, (laughs) geez, a lot of time think about stuff. When I see it, I think, if I'm a true conservationist and I love what I do and I'm trying to pass it down to the next generation, where am I going wrong, Luke? That's what I want people mm-hmm. to ask themselves. If you're truly trying to pass it down, what are you doing wrong? Now, what are you doing right? We can all talk about what we do right. That's easy. I'm the guy that wants to look and say, what am I doing wrong? And how mm-hmm. can I get better? I'm with that, man. It, and, and I just think that's something that's it's so overlooked. We want all the kids to get in fishing because it grows the sport. It does. It can also be detrimental if we don't teach them. Yep. Oh, I'm with Just, that. There'd be no different hunting. I mean, let's all go get a bunch of, a couple hundred thousand more kids to go hunting. Give them all, give them all a 270 <laughs> and don't even tell them what the creel is. Boom! Get out pow, there, boys! Boom. Get out there and shoot them up. You know, hey, hunt 100 foot high and don't wear a safety belt. Yeah, no. That's right, yeah. Shoot you everything know. at walks, boys. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I just think we're letting that generation down. I couldn't agree more, man, at, at times. And I know there, there are exceptions to the rules, so I don't want people to think There's it's always. a broad stroke. There's always exceptions. There's there, there are dads doing it the right way. And look, man, in high school fishing and college fishing, I've encountered them, you've encountered them. There are parents that their, their kids decide to get into it, and it's great. Maybe their kid's been a baseball player forever, and he says, hey, Dad, I want to start bass fishing. Well, that dad might not necessarily – bass fish at all he's never been a tournament angler but he supports his kid he figures it out he buys a used boat he buys a new boat he does whatever but they might not know and that's what what i love your points of maybe the basses mpfls mlfs of the world they got to be the ones kind of running the show and be like hey we're we're the guys leading the charge on conservation and passing this on and and extending the life of the sport i think that's mlf that was a catchphrase of theirs for a minute but uh but that that is what we need to be doing that is because you you and i talked about this too off the podcast i look at pickwick weights and I know what Pickwick is, right? I mean, born and raised there. I've seen it at its worst. I've seen it at its very best. And we're not at its best right now. We're just not. Now, did Brandon Lester catch over 20 pounds a day? million percent. Were the fish beautiful yep. and healthy? Yes. Did he have a six-pounder every day? Yes. Did Tyler Rivette catch an almost eight-pounder? Absolutely. But I'm coming off of five years ago, there would have been a nine weighted in this tournament. There would have been a 28-pound yep. bag. There would have there been – 
That would have been 20-pound bags a day. Yes, that's what I was going to say is it would have been 17th place down to 60th five years ago. I mean, when you guys hit it it on the head. And so I worry, man. I do. It's like you said, there are 11 spots. There there are – you know, we have so many huge, whether it be college, high school. uh, We've had an FLW this year, the big five deal. We had you guys. There was an open last year. There's going to be, you know, an MPFL last year. Like, it get, pick quick. It's like Gunnersville. It gets pummeled, and our grass has gone away. And I don't think that. I don't think that's good, man. And and so I think that's why, fit folks, listen to this. That's why we get passionate about this. Now I will say, on Gunnersville with the grass and things like the weights that the Big Five guys had over there, looked a little bit like old Gunnersville. They it's, had that that week. They had they had a great week. It's it's not. I don't think we have as many six pounders in here yes. as we did years ago, but we have a really, really, really strong hatch of those two to three and a half pounders. And what sits Gunnersville different than than Pickwick and Kentucky Lake is we have so much grass yes. in it, fry and the and the fish have a place to hide and get a break. There's fish that get in this grass and do they don't get fish for it. They don't get caught at Pickwick. With as good as everybody is, and as good as the Garmin's and the Hummingbirds and Lawrence Electronics are and all that, they can't hide, bro. No, they can't hide. So, like, there ain't no, they don't get a break. And I just think, and now when you're seeing Wheeler kind of sneak back in, like, like it's been the, the redhead stepchild. Hang on a also. second. What lake was that? Oh, you said, uh, yeah, what was that? No, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Radio <Look>. edit. <laughs> Let's look at Chick. Chick's yeah. grasses, and you've seen our weights wasn't great. How about a stroke? They're catching some big ones there now, but I don't think Chick's. No, think definitely not. Upswing. Not, well, man, I think you can look at places like even Champlain. The weights aren't as good as they always have been overall and, and number of bites-wise. And I think the St. Lawrence River, I think when we start going places with big events and it starts opening up, you know, which is the goal, right? Of a tourism department bringing us to a place that you want to you want to showcase what you got, but but I do think it it has a negative effect at times as well. Well, I um, think once you showcase it, it then falls in the next step of what we've been chit chatting about is when a giant organization has comes in and showcase a place on national TV all over the internet how good it is. Then that town has to be prepared to really, really watch what happens there in the next two or three years and don't let different people abuse it. Mm-hmm. We welcome you. We want your money, but to have a 200-boat tournament, you have to have this amount of live release equipment. Yep. No, I'm well, with that. Yeah, I because think They're coming. Like It's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. For you sure. go somewhere and jack them old biggins, hey, I'm, hey I'll be like, tell them, I'm, yeah, I'll call you. Look, let's get the boat, man. Of we course. That's just human nature. It's like, dude, did you see what they're doing and blah, 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 you know, Illinois? We'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. When we going? Illinois, let's go, you know, but that's that's what it's designed for, but we have to protect it, which I think when you look at the hunting aspect, they do that. Mm-hmm. You see all the deer killed in for Illinois sure. Kentucky and Tennessee, they protect them. Yep, yep. You just go in there and have these big giant shootouts. You, it's pretty tight regulated. You know, and I hard think to get tags. Not everybody can get a tag that wants to go hunt. You know, I, I'm. Yep. And it's so like if you could only get so many tournaments a year on a lake, you know, I, I just think it sounds crazy, but it's eventually going to have to come down to regulate that. 
as bad as we hate that, you know, you don't want people overstepping their bounds and more regulation on stuff. But at the same time, sometimes we can't help ourselves. Like we got to be helped. I mean, if you, if I put all of Watson's food in the floor today, he's going to eat every bit of it. Because he can't help himself. And as fishermen, we want to go. I just, and I don't think you keep them from having tournaments. You just make them restrict them to one or two a weekend. And then that may be more people to fish that tournament where it's more, cared for yeah i don't have i don't like know what the perfect answer but i don't think it's wrong to think in that way and as the temperature heats up you know maybe maybe we see a time and oh god these people are fixing to wear me out <laughs> here, we here we go here we go ladies and gentlemen get your keyboards make- ready <laughs> i just honestly don't think you should have many tournaments in july and august i'm with that too man yeah you know that i think what if july and august and and half in the September, south in the south, in the south, in the south, was a catch and release. Yeah, strictly. You still go enjoy it. Would you just you can't you can't harvest them. You can't bring them in. I mean, I know that sounds extreme, but it may not be too bad. Yeah, when that water's like bathtub water, it's hard to keep them jokers alive. I don't care if you Gerald Swindle or or it's hard to know, keep me Jesus. alive. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I felt like I died two or three times the second day of practice at Pigwig. I was like, whoo, these poor fish got to be hot. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, uh, I, had, I, I wanted to ask you this. Is it, as you get older in life, because, dude, you're right in the mix competing, and, and I don't feel like you've ever had a year that you weren't competitive. But, I mean, I think it's getting harder and harder and harder. The fields get tougher and tougher and tougher. The playing feels like you said. Everybody's got a garment. Everybody's got a hummingbird. Everybody's got a ramp. <laughs> Everybody's got the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, and they know how to use them. Uh, do you think for you personally, is it after a week long of like Pickwick of practice in the heat, is it is it still easy or is it is it harder now for you the more and the longer you've done it on your body? Because you, and, and look, you're you're like Frankenstein. You've been put back together like seven times. We all know that. <laughs> I'm just telling you to be just straight up honest. It gets harder. Yeah. You know, the the 13 hour days feel worse the next day in the 95 degree heat, and and then you have to push yourself physically and mentally to get better and to fish better because your competition is. I mean, look at the Cody Huffs and those guys oh, out there. Yeah. They ain't let. You know, so you, you, I'm ha- constantly having to continue learning the game mm-hmm. to continue to push myself. So I do look around. It's like the 30 year old fisherman today is a lot better than the 30 year old fisherman <sighs> I was. He twice as what three times the fisherman I was. Back when I was 30, it was just natural. You just fished off instinct. Now these guys can read, set up graphs, dial it in, run multiple graphs. They're studying techniques. They're learning curve. So, yes, it gets harder each year to compete at that level uh, because of your learning curve. But I think it's very important, no matter what your age is, you always say, there's something I can learn. Yeah. And I think the advantage of going to fish with your buddies and just fish, getting in the boat every now and then with somebody else is just to watch and learn. At the, the death of any fisherman is when they assume that they know everything about it and they're too stubborn to learn. And then you're like, you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I think that that's that that if the, anybody takes anything away from this at all today, it is that man. Listen to Gerald Swindle. That's amazing. That that's inspiring to me. You never know everything, and I love that. I love fishing with so many different people because you do. You see 
people's approach to everything, you know, whether it's rods, reels. And I think, you you, you know, I know you're working on your signature stuff with, with 13 and, but, but I think it'd be fair to say it's cool getting in the boat with somebody and they're like, Hey, check out this new jig rod I've got. And you're like, Oh, hell man, that feels good. You know what I mean? Like, even though you're sponsored, like, it's like, you're like, damn that. I like th- that he uses this action for this. That's a different look at it than where I That's come from. Where knowledge comes from. And that I, I think even me, when I stepped into this project two years ago and started designing my full line of rods and reels, I had to learn stuff that I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. Like you have to learn how to build a rod from the inside out. You have to learn what every bend is. You have to learn where the change point is, where the, where, you know, that's the whole learning curve. And then when you get with somebody that has that knowledge and they'll explain it to you, it'll, it really enlightens you on what a rod's supposed to do, where its weakness is. You know, why, why are the guys closer together here to prevent line slap? Why do you have a single foot guy versus a double foot guy? Like that's the stuff that it just takes that sitting down and learning, moving forward. And like, Hey, I made a vow when I came home from Pickwick, I told Watson, because he's the only one in the truck with me listening and wasn't asleep, <laughs> that I'm going to learn how to do that Taiku tight lining and 30-foot technique if it kills me. So this week, I'm going to rig up 17 little old minters on a little old bitty shaky head, and I'm going to go out there and gun them, and I'm going to bomb it out there and just shake it like I'm <laughs> them, I'm just going to shake the crap out of it. Y'all got any more of them tight line minters? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it pisses me off that I have not learned that technique, and I'm going to. I and that's it. where it comes down to that you have to say, you can't be the guy that goes, I ain't doing that stupid stuff. That's oh, right. Yeah. Sissy fishing. <laughs> oh, sissy fishing. Well, old sissy fishing beat the brakes <laughs> off me. Okay. Yeah. So I'll sissy fish my way right on in the check line, you know. And that's I'm right. Like, yeah. I need to learn that. Yeah. I, he has proven to me that you can compete. Because somebody said, they said, well, Taku's always finesse fishing. I looked at him, I said, is he finesse fishing or is he power fishing? Nah, that's a good point. And in his world, he is power fishing. Yeah. See, what we call power fishing, what he calls power fishing is different. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so he's doing his power and he's good at it. It ain't exactly meat and potatoes, but that don't mean it ain't powerful. (laughs) I don't mean Face good going down. <laughs> That's right. It ain't spam. Hey, it ain't spam because he got that big check. <laughs> That's exactly right. It 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 it, it uh, tastes bad going down when you're watching it back on live and you're like, oh, that's yeah. how he came to the Tennessee River for the first time in his life and caught him. Ten thousand dollar drinks. You washed it down. You go. It don't taste that bad at all. Exactly, man. I I love at that. All. Trey and I were joking about people clowning on spinning rods when we were we were catching them. Saturday on some spinning poles, and I said, "Dude, you just you just got to do what you got to do." Like I, I know it ain't pretty to everybody, which I love. I love spinning. You give me a hard time with my my wacky worm obsession, but hey, but I throw in a lot. I just don't want nobody to see. I, it. Hey, listen, I bet you was watching Bass Live. You was watching John Cox and was like, "Damn, wacky worm strikes again." <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, he make that wacky worm look good, dude. I mean, I I went out on day two. Pickwick, I said, I'm just going to keep my spinning rod in my hand. I know that's how it's going. I mean, I caught 13.7. I did a little better than I did the day before, but so many of those big bags were caught on a spinning pole. Uh, yeah, you look at Brandon Lester yesterday. I mean, won the tournament with the spinning rod. Yeah, he caught a six-pounder late on a bait caster, but the fireworks were on the spinning pole. Oh, spinning pole. Always. All right, I'm going to ask you one more thing, just because it's. I think it goes in line with everything we've been talking about. Do you have – and I don't know publicly you've been ever been asked this, and you may slap me for asking, but do you have a timeline 
for you in in the ways of professional bass fishing? I mean, are you going to be clawing out there at seventy, Jimmy Houston, or is it a is it for you? Is it a do you? Because I feel like you have a plan on everything in life. I mean, for the most part. Do you have like a, hey, I'm going to get to this, or I want to do this, or is it just a wait and see physically, mentally where you're at for you? I don't, I, you know, it's funny you asking that because my wife has people ask her to say, you know, because she'll have people make references. They're like, we hope he don't ever retire. And I'm like, she's like, well, I can tell you if he ever decides to, she said, I won't even know when. She said, okay. he's that guy. That if he decides that he's had enough, but as long as I'm healthy and as long as the fire from competing burns in me like it does, and as long as I can still have some fun at it, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. Am I going to fish to Clun's age? No, no, no. Because when I, I want to be able to take my grandchildren when they get old enough to hunt and fish and we're going to catch everything and shoot everything. I, <laughs> I, 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 I still got a lot of good years left in me, but I don't think I want to continue it that long. You know, I still going to love it. I think uh, I heard Kobe Bryant. He, he said this one time before, before he passed, and I asked him, they said, Kobe, how did you know it was time for you to quit the game? And he said, it was so simple but so amazing. He said, I wasn't in love with the little things. <laughs> he said, I loved the game, but I didn't love the little things. And I still love the little things. I still, I still get caught up doing tackle. I still get caught up tweaking the boat. I well, you just said the little taku technique. You want to go out and learn yeah. it. Like, I mean, yeah. that fire is as big as it's ever been. I still love the little things. And I think that's the key for anybody in life, no matter what you're doing, where you work at. If you don't love the little things that, that make the big things, then you might be out of it. Yep. But right now, I, I still love all that stuff. You know, I still love going fishing a wildcatter. I mean, I don't love Trey boat flipping five pounders on 14 pound line. And I scolded him. I said, Look here. If you made me miss my lasagna night and you broke kick off in the air, I'm going to drop kick you in them shorty shorts, climb up on that rip wrap. He said, Well, that's 14 pound test. I said, It was a five pounder. My wife makes really good lasagna. So I want you to think about the Oh, that's amazing. If you kicked him in, his hair would just make him float right back to the top, though, like I, a rabbit. It looks like one of them twisty pencils. One running down the face. I just look over and start playing this romantic music in my head. It's just flowing. <laughs> it's like Fabio, but like a little yeah. bitty skinny scrawny, scrawny but, version of it. Would be a Fabio. He'd just be a Jobio, just a little bit. Better. <laughs> a Labio. That's what he is. A Labio. He's a Labio. He's a Labo. <laughs> Gerald Swindle, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for you spending it, time with us this morning. You got it, man. See you, Thank brother. you, buddy. Gerald Swindle, everybody. Right there. Awesome. Awesome stuff. From the G Main, as always. Love that dude. He's uh he's great, man. He's got a great perspective on so many things. And I, I think that a veteran like him that's been around for so many years, you know, obviously he's gonna be very opinionated on things, but I think he's got a lot of knowledge in and how we can grow this and take this into the future and everybody benefit from it, you know, with better fisheries and uh, better knowledge on on how to catch fish, how to take care of fish, and and that's something that I don't feel like we talk about enough in the fishing community is fish care and things like that. So uh, good stuff there with G. I appreciate him. I appreciate each and every one of you guys listening out there. You bunch of low lifers tuning in every week. It means a lot to me. 
And uh, like G said, the little things, the little things. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I enjoy doing the little things, and I, and I certainly do, and getting this thing out here into the world every week. For those of y'all that are still tuning in, I appreciate you, man. I really, really do. We'll take you out with some Biloxi Blues. Be sure to hug your mama, and I will see y'all next week. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost, well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine, it don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Brave anglers search for the one they call king But who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern Presented by Abyss Battery Waypoint TV In Wild Country, rules were not created by man Don't miss Wild Country Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern Presented by Primos Speak the language Waypoint TV The destination for outdoor entertainment